You're listening to Fucks Given, the one about should you text your ex? So firstly, want to say, as you might know, Florence and I and Fucks Given are currently independent, which is crazy. Indie records over here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Through a number of different circumstances that we can't legally talk about, but we do need your help to spread the good word of Fucks Given. You can do this by sharing the podcast with your friends. Word of mouth is one of the most powerful tools or just give us a rating remember to subscribe and leave a review the reviews mean everything because people just see a new podcast they read the reviews and that's how they decide whether they're going to listen to it or not so we need your rave reviews please or if you have a favorite episode just copy and paste the link send it to your friends and say oh my god have you checked this out this is brightening my day or if it's a really good bit of advice i think now on spotify you can actually link to a certain bit within the actual podcast like a time-coded piece like you can on youtube crazy um so yeah whatsapp it around put it up on your instagram tweet about it do anything you can because we just it would be amazing to have more of you guys around so yeah we can look even more pretty and shiny than usual we need to grow the family (laughs) yay Hi, Florence. Hi, Reed. How are you? Just dealing with January, I think. I think that's where I'm at. These months are so fucking hard. I feel like every single person I talk to is having an issue with their mental health at the moment. The January blues. Yeah. We forget that January and February and March are the worst months for mental health. Um, And I feel like each year, it must be like a human protective thing, but we forget. We forget how bad it is. And then when we get here, we're like, oh, I did not think that I could get and sink any lower. I don't understand. I wasn't expecting to feel any of these feelings over in LA. I thought I had escaped them. Apart from the fact that it has been raining practically for three weeks straight here. So... We've got the blues over in LA massively as well. Really excited about this episode because I I know everyone has been in this situation about whether or not to text their ex. But first, do we have any updates? Florence, tell us what's going down. So everything that I was saying in the last episode kind of came to fruition. Obviously, I saw my dude and I was like you know what I think we're like in the same place now why don't we just go on some dates and start getting to know each other and I thought it went really well on Friday Saturday we had sex sex was good um and when I left we had like a good little communication and then over the next couple of days his communication completely changed with me I was very used to like getting the good night text, the good morning text, and just having a kind of like small back and forth throughout the day. And Mm -hmm. I had this day where I did loads of OnlyFans content and I had some like sexy nudes that I thought were really hot. So I sent them to him. The reaction was like, okay, but it wasn't like how you'd kind of want. And I really do see now that I was like, like that was like a validation like thing. Like sending photo, for validation because you're making me feel very uncomfortable and insecure right now. I'm sure we've all done that as well. Sent sent pictures of ourselves for validation. A few hours later, maybe like five hours later, I got a very long message from him 
basically ending things with me because he said that the spark was lost for him and he was finding it hard to have the initial attraction that he had to me. So basically he was telling me that he wasn't attracted to me anymore. And I really now noticed that I was getting into like a really insecure space while seeing him because of certain things that he had said. Yeah, well, you've learned so much in this time as well. Like even even short relationships, like you can, it can honestly like change your life and change how you see love and sex and relationships the rest of your life. Is they're they're all so important. Exactly. I'm also being very careful and mindful to make sure that I'm talking to myself in a very positive way after mm -hmm. this. And I think it's you know I think it's really unfair that during the time we were seeing each other, he made me feel bad for my hives over mm -hmm. my body. I know, that's really fucked up. And it was like, yeah, but you're like, you know, your your hives make me feel less attracted to you or your hives turn me off. And Did he literally say that? Something along those lines, yeah, like that deep. Because I was like shocked when he said it to me because I was like, this goes against everything I stand for. So as something as like superficial as... A skin issue as well. That's like a giant red flag. I, I think that was probably the moment I should have listened to like my inner conscience of like, mm -hmm. it's not okay to think that. And like, I won't let someone think that about me. I should have been a bit more protective of myself in that moment. Apart from, in fact, after that moment, I suddenly felt very self-conscious of my body in front of him and then probably started acting slightly differently yeah absolutely i mean we it's so easy to overlook these things when you when you're falling for somebody or catching feelings or when yeah. it feels really real but then it also goes on to talking about the red flag thing where it's like just because you see one red flag doesn't mean that it's not worth trying and seeing where the yes. relationship goes because we all have red flags. You and I have red flags, you know. Giant ones, fucking huge. <laughs> and like, imagine every person that saw one red flag and ran mm -hmm. a mile. And, exactly. you know, we need, to, we need to learn from them as well. And hopefully he can learn from this and realise that that was a really fucking shitty thing to say or even think. Mm. I mean, one thing that I've learned from this experience is that doing the work fucking works. Because I have like been doing so much self-care and self-help since my last breakup that I feel like this is why I feel okay right now. And one of the biggest reasons I think I feel okay is that I do not fear being alone. And I think that's one of the biggest like heartbreaking things when you end a relationship because you're like, you're not used to being alone and you don't want to be alone. And it feels just like this dark, lonely place. But for me, being alone is just like, eh, feels very comfortable. Like now I can just focus on me. I can be a bit more selfish and like I can spend time doing all the things that I should have been doing since moving out here, like settling in, building up friendships. So yeah, that's what happened to me. No more my dude, which is good because that was a shit nickname anyway. <laughs> friendships are even harder than romantic relationships. <laughs> they like, fucking are, mate. We, we yeah. know yeah. how to do the sex romantic relationship thing, but when you actually, like, how do you connect with somebody platonically? It's a whole fucking new level. I was thinking... I put a little feeler out online yesterday. I was like, curious fuckers in LA, like let's do a meetup and do like a hike or something. 
which could be oh, quite cute. cool. Yeah, that would be really cute. Yeah. Like-minded people. make friends with the curious fuckers. I mean, like, every single curious fucker that I've ever met, I've just, like, adored. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, cute. I'd 100% want you as my friends. So like, if you want to get involved with any of this stuff, please head over to our Facebook group, which is popping off. Like we nearly have a thousand mm-hmm. members in our Facebook group. So get on in there. It's just full of amazing people that you want to connect with. I think there's even been like a group of curious fuckers in there that went to sex party together because they met in the group. We have a lovely new sponsor for today's episode, and that is Joy Club. Now, some of you might not have heard of Joy Club, but that's because it's all the way from Germany, but it's popping off hard there. So much so, it's spilling out over to the rest of the world and especially the UK. It's a sex positive community for every kink and every type of interest. So if you're into things like our podcast and want to learn more and want to connect with like-minded people, Joy Club is the community for that. I'm going to be putting my tickle event on Joy Club so other people, other like-minded people can find it as well because I just want to find more tickle friends, you know, and this is the perfect place to do that. Yeah, sometimes it can be really hard to find people that connect with the same kinks and fetishes because there aren't enough platforms out there. And that's why I'm super excited to become a member on Joy Club so that when I'm back in the UK, I can maybe meet up with some people that are into the lactation kink. If anyone out there shares a kink or fetish, you understand how hard it can be to actually write it on your profiles or dating profiles. But the great thing about Joy Club is that everyone is so honest and open you kind of feel unafraid and excited to share who you really are and what you're looking for on there it's a great place to start and it doesn't matter where you are in the world because the community also connects via live streams there are educational tutorials like learning how to tie shibari rope which is something that i'm personally very invested in learning about And the best bit to anyone that lives in the UK is that it's free for the whole year. And as you know, we love talking and sharing everything about sex, which is why we are so excited to connect you with Joy Club. So get yourself signed up to joyclub.com and check it out. Explore, connect, meet and play. So Reid, do you have any updates? So yeah, as some of you might know, Sam and I have been on a month break in our relationship and it's been a week now since we had our first date back and we're kind of seeing how it goes, doing the dating thing. We're trying really hard not to fall into the same sort of patterns. I know I am. I keep catching myself, kind of same arguments. Um, But thankfully, my therapist has been amazing. And we're not just going around to each other's houses and chilling like we used to. This is like actual dinners planned. We went bowling. We've gone to the cinema. And we want to do more fun stuff because I think that's really important for a relationship, especially if you're rebuilding. People just slip into, let's go and hang and chill at your house and watch some shit on TV. Like, way too quickly you know like esther perel says like foreplay is from the moment you wake up from the moment you fall asleep so i feel like you can't do the foreplay thing and you can't be flirty and you can't be naughty and and cute and fun when you're just hanging at each other's houses you kind of need the need the 
the spontaneousness or the naughtiness of being in public, of like doing something together where it's just you two and everyone else kind of fades out. It's very, I don't know, it seems like so team building. I think it's really important. And I think it's just important for our mental health in general to get out and do other shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And you know what? I, I do admit at the weekend, I did go over to Sam's and we did have a whole Sunday chilling, which was really I nice. Mean, that's not a bad thing either. Like as long as you're like mixing it up and doing it all, you know, I think it would have been bad potentially if you like just did that when you like, okay, we're back together. Let's just pick up where we left off. It would just end up falling back into the same pattern and then no one's learned anything and no one's done anything different. Um, yeah. When a relationship is needing a break, that means like something does need to change, whether or yeah. not that's like within yourself or, you know, your actions or the way that you talk and communicate. It's just been trying to figure it out, trying to learn new and better ways. And the good thing is, is that Sam and I are communicating enough to know that we're sort of both in the same position with things. And we're both, we're both struggling in places and we're both succeeding in places. And I think as long as we keep that open conversation going, can't, can't really go wrong. It sounds good. It sounds very mature. And, you know, very privileged to say that, well, we're both in therapy. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's really useful to try and figure things out because I'm definitely struggling with my mental health and it's definitely playing a massive impact on our relationship and I have to try and be aware of that. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of it. That's the the update from me mainly. Um, but I did want to talk about the thing that I constantly am seeing in WhatsApp groups at the moment is this shit that's going down with Prince Harry, man. <laughs> oh my God. He just released his new book and like he does an audio book version as well where he reads it out and like he's been saying some like crazy shit in his book crazy There's this shit. whole section where he's talking about putting like balm on his penis the same yep. balm that his mom uses for her lips <laughs> and being transported back through smell to his mum whilst rubbing his penis. He's putting his foot in it, man, and he's really running with it. And the the internet is not being kind. And it's it is making me see a different side of him. The fucking memes, the drug memes are creasing me up. Yeah. I mean he's just telling his tale. Anyway, shall we talk about the topic of this episode? Firstly we need to clarify that it really depends on how long you've been broken up to whether you should text your ex or not. There are so many factors that for disclaimer purposes, this is just from our opinions. We're not experts here. We're just going on like what we've <laughs> discovered and experienced. And hasn't. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think it's important because I think lots of people want to text their ex and never know whether or not it's a good thing. When you've had a person in your life for an extended amount of time, your brain becomes very accustomed to like wanting that kind of com communication or attachment and it's just familiar to your brain and it makes little happy hormones dance around and like makes you feel good so when there's a breakup there's literally like a severing of something but your brain hasn't quite caught up with what's actually happened so your brain yeah. is just going to be like I want to text this person because it makes me feel good and 
it's going to be fucking with your mind, basically. And it's whether or not that feel good is is genuine. You might be thinking, oh, you know, I, I just want to message them and apologise. But are you doing it because you want attention? Or are you heartbroken and you're missing them? And, you know, it's literally only been... You know, it's not not enough time has passed between and you still have all these feelings and you're desperate for some kind of acknowledgement from them or some kind of like dopamine hit. Or yeah. It's so, it is really hard to know, but we would never recommend doing it when you have strong feelings. Because I think that that's where shit gets confusing. Whether or not it was 10 years ago, whether or not it was like two days ago, you should really fucking wait on those feelings if they're that strong. I think that's what the important thing is, is that if you break up with someone, you almost need to have, you need to have a conversation about what acceptable communication there is. Because if you're just texting your ex, it's like feeding yourself and you're not allowing yourself to actually get over that person if that you're still having back and forth with them. But I do understand that there is such an intense pull to want to text them, to oh want God, to phone it's... them, to need to contact them. Like the pull is like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's gut-wrenching <laughs> yeah. and it makes you do crazy shit and it makes you think crazy shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in that moment of constantly obsessing and thinking about it all the time and it doesn't necessarily have to be negative or positive, it's just thoughts about them all the time and you want to make it stop because you think that texting them will make it stop it doesn't it just resets you it just resets you and you have to do all that processing and waiting and time alone again yeah it's not worth it I do have some tips on like what to do instead of texting your ex okay I I like use some of these tactics when I was like finding it so hard because all I wanted to do he was my best friend so all I wanted to do was talk to him so I would record voice memos as if I was recording a voice note to him. And I can tell you, I was sitting there for like 20 long minutes talking to my ex just into my phone. That was going nowhere. And it was very therapeutic. Also, letters work really well for people as well, or even just like writing out the text. Also things like if you really want to text your ex, then texting another person a friend I really want to text my ex like making it clear to them or organizing plans putting your phone in the other room going to the gym cooking or saying and um and this all just sounds like addiction stuff that I've been learning recently it's crazy or (laughs) saying to yourself it is an addiction it's peeling yourself away from the addiction of that person yes that's why you want to text them because you're addicted to them yeah, they are like a drug to you. Yeah. Um, and saying things like, okay, I can choose to text them after I watch a movie or I can choose to text them tomorrow. You know, just don't text them today. I can text them tomorrow. And then when it gets there, like another one, you know, just keep pushing that deadline further and further back. That can be really helpful for some people. Yeah. Sometimes you can like have that friend that's like, okay, you need to be the person that I text instead of my ex. So please like communicate with me and like make sure I'm not just like in this echo chamber. So like if you see a funny meme, you can send it to your friend instead of your ex. It is that friend's responsibility in that moment that they take up your ex's role just for a little bit. It's almost like a, a sponsor, like having your literal yes. sponsor there. That's like, <laughs> what it actually is. 
Like I, I, I feel like it's such like a like a yeah like a drug addiction uh, metaphor where it's just like oh my yeah. god like I'm 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 clucking for this person so much that like oh I need to call someone to be like I really yeah. want to text them they've got to calm me down they've got to like yeah. bring me back down but to a level have the conversation when you're breaking up whether like when the communication should be like there should be a kind of like a time uh, like okay, we won't text for a month or we won't text for three months or we won't text for six months. Like just so that you have in your mind that there's a deadline, that really helps too for some reason. Yeah, because it's kind of like a something to work towards rather than being stuck in limbo. Yes, exactly. It's like, okay, the unknown. It doesn't, will, yeah, will, will they message me? Should I mm-hmm. message them? It mm-hmm. takes all of that away. And now it's like, oh, fuck. Like, I literally just have to get on with it. I'm going to, I'm allowed to text them in a month's time. And every situation is different. Like, what, you know, what happens when you're maybe thinking about texting an ex of like 10 years ago and you've just been thinking about them and you might not necessarily want, to start the relationship up again, or you just kind of want to reach out. I think that it's different when you've ended a relationship and you've gotten to a point where you can communicate and you can yeah. be friends and yes. there is something there. Like there beca- there becomes a time when your ex isn't really like your ex anymore. They're your friend or like someone that used to be in your life. But there is one thing I will definitely limit the amount of communication that we have. I don't yes. think it's fair to like have this like constant like best friend kind of relationship or not on their new partner, I think. Yeah. And especially if you feel genuinely like there are no feelings there, you can't 100% be sure that there aren't any feelings on their side either. Um, I mean, I, I text... I text my first boyfriend. I think it was like during lockdown. Lockdown was like very introspective um, and got me thinking <laughs> yeah. a lot about my past relationships. And yeah. I, te- I text my very first boyfriend when I was like, you know, fucking 17. Just an apology, just being like, I'm I'm actually really sorry that, you know, like I, w- I was going through a really tough time and I made that uh, relationship difficult. And yeah. I think that that kind of a text where it's genuinely from a, pe- a place of apology Mm. rather than from a place of you're looking for something else like if you if it's it's almost like trying to get something off your chest because it does eat me up inside it does eat me up the way that I've behaved before in relationships and even though I don't blame myself because I I didn't didn't know I didn't know any better um I just kind of wanted that closure how do you feel about if you have like had a long time separated from an ex and you send them a text kind of feeling like, is there something still there? Like, is yes, there something so, we should still explore? So with my ex after my first boyfriend, I could see myself wanting to go back on a date with him because I really did love him and I just fell out of love and it happened all of a sudden. And I've done that before where, because he's still blocked me on everything, which is really, like, really hurts. And I, I messaged him on, I think he had like a second account. I messaged him on a second account. No, sorry. My backup account. I was on my backup account and he came up because I was he was still there. Anyway, messaged him. He saw the message and never responded. And that was a very clear 
very clear message saying, I do not want to get back in touch with you. But I, I also wanted to apologise. I mean, it's fine that he actually read the message, but I just wanted, I wanted to apologise again for the way that I had been. Yeah, I do feel like there's Tough like, if there's, if there's something in you that you're like, I need to get this off my chest, I want to try again, then I do think it's your right to be able to reach out and see where they're at. But just don't like go in with any expectation. Yes, like they, you, you just can't expect it. for a reason, you know, like mm-hmm. you broke up for a reason. So there's probably a reason why you guys shouldn't be together. But some relationships do rekindle and reform and like people are in really strong places after breaking up and being uh, apart for a few years. With our past relationships where we were young and dumb and we made loads of mistakes and then we yeah. have relationships in between where we learn and I feel like we can revisit, but that only works if you're both in the same place too and you can't predict where they are. I think it's yeah. fine. I think it is depending on why you want to, you know, if yeah. it's for selfish reasons, like like I've done it before where I've wanted to text an ex just to fuck, like no other reason other than just I wanted a shag and that's very selfish. I'm not um, sure that's a good idea. No, I don't think it's a good idea either. And you don't get the response <laughs> that you want. Um, and I've, no. you know, I've made that mistake and I've learned learned from it. It's it felt yeah. very selfish at the time, and it's like I knew I was being naughty. Yeah. I knew Ooh, that I was what? messaging. I did that as well during lockdown. I did it with my long term ex. There was like one night where I got drunk by myself, and I was like, I could fuck him again. Yes. What the fuck is wrong with us, man? <laughs> yeah. But like, um, obviously that didn't pan out. I wanted he was, he was no. like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't blame them. Like I don't blame anyone. I feel like, again, you have to, you have to literally get them right at the right moment. And that might be, you know, 10 years from now, you've just got no idea that they, they yeah. have to be in that, in that place. Or um, they just were like, absolutely not. That's just, just fucking stupid. Like, yeah, I feel like sex with your ex in that kind of way is like slightly disrespectful to both of you. Like yeah. it's like you're not appreciating like the relationship that you did have together and yeah. it's almost ruining it. I would agree unless unless I feel like it could work if you were so honest. If you were like, "Hey, I am just messaging you." What are, you, what are your thoughts on just having sex? No strings attached sex. I feel like then it's acceptable because they might be in the same place. They might, I mean, it's rare, but they might be in the same place. Like, yeah, you know what? I could go for a fuck right now. And, and it is familiar. And I don't have to do the work and put in the admin, but the likelihood of that actually working is so small. And there's always an element of you and there's always an element of maybe your other partner that's thinking like, oh, you know, maybe this could go somewhere more. Well, I think that's the thing is that if there was a love connection there, there's always going to be like this, like a little string loose, I feel always, like. Always a string loose, right? Always. <laughs> At the moment, I'm texting my most recent ex and mm-hmm. that's actually been really lovely. But I also think the language that you use is extremely important when you text. Mm. Um yeah. I think it has to be very careful and you have to also respect them. And if they're in a relationship as well, respect their other partner. Yes. Um, yes, for sure. Always think in mind if that, if their partner, if you know, if your text comes up on their screen and their partner sees it, what are they going to think? You know, how are they going to react? The best way to talk to your ex is probably 
not flirty, not like insinuating, not too like happy and excited, not even like a friend. Don't text them really like a friend unless you have that already down and it's like, okay. But I I mean, the way that I'm texting my ex and I feel like it's going well, is like very formal, is very respectful, is talking about, oh, I hope you both, both enjoyed your holiday. So I'm acknowledging their partner. I'm not pretending they don't exist. Even, even prefix it with like, hey, I don't know what's going on in your life. Is it okay to text you? Is it okay if we have a chat? Is it okay if I ask you a couple of questions or, you know, like see where you are at the moment? I think that that can be really fucking good, really mature, because then they have the opportunity to be like, to actually be honest with you and be like, actually, I don't think this is a good idea. And therefore it's not a fucking good idea. Um, easier said than done though. I think if you're not being completely honest with your it, in the text, then you're not being honest with yourself. Yeah. I guess I'm in a bit of a weird situation at the moment. We didn't set like a deadline or anything. So it is a bit like, hmm, I'm not sure like when would be a fair time to reach out or not. Also, I did want to mention my therapist said that he was just like, did you have like an end of relationship roundup conversation? And I was like, what's that? Yeah. What the fuck um, is one of them? Excuse me. <laughs> and he was like, you know, where you sit down together and you go through all the good things in the relationship that you had together and all the bad things, all the things that you could have done better or like all the things that and I was like, wow, no, yeah, I, I didn't, wow. I didn't have that conversation yet, but I do think that would be a good conversation to have. It's like te- texting an ex and having that roundup only works if you learn something, if you're, if you're almost like looking to learn something to do better for the next relationship. You can't be f- sitting in pain at the same time as having that conversation. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes like, and this, sometimes you kind of need that, you know, when you're in that space and you text an ex and you need them to put up that boundary. You almost need to cross the boundary so the boundary's put in place. That can be horrible, but really, really important to go, holy fucking shit, they do need their space and I shouldn't have text because we got to make these mistakes to learn for the next relationship. Oh, I, I yeah, I did that, didn't I? Yeah. That whole yeah, like, what the same. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like that. And if you look back and cringe, that means that, you know, you've, you've only grown as a person. But doing this end of relationship kind of roundup is an incredible idea. I think that's like, that is maturity in like a nutshell, right? I know that a lot in a lot of spiritual practices, like I've heard people talk about these things before. It's like almost like a ceremony to like appreciate the relationship of like, these were all the amazing things and we can like really be grateful for this before we move on as well. The end of relationship roundup doesn't necessarily have to be in person. I don't think I'm in a place and my ex is in a place to do that in person, especially because of his partner and my partner. I don't want to disrespect either one of them. So having that communication through text, I think is okay. It's obviously more impactful in person, but you have to ask yourself, can you get this, can you get the same from a text message than you can in person? I almost think that like with our previous exes, like it's too late to have those conversations. Now I feel like it's something that you do like pretty imminently after a breakup. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe it's like never too late. I almost feel like it would be unfair if I had go to like quarantine bay and be like, so what did I do 
like that you loved in this relationship and what did I do that you didn't love like I feel like that's not okay to go to him and ask at this point that's almost like, like a lot it's like a yeah. lot of um and it yeah, expectations as well like yes. it'll bring back like memories and thoughts of the relationship and I don't think that's fair to do to someone like a year or more after what's happened I yeah. think but like when the more I think about it the more I'm like this needs to be like a a sooner thing yeah or at least at least mutual where you ask can I ask you questions about our relationship I think my therapist was more talking about like the roundup like just after you break up with someone yeah I agree well what an interesting episode I'd love to round it up with a fuck off story that one of the curious fuckers emailed to us As the subject suggests, my husband has a thing for the Hoover. It all came, it all became apparent not too long into the relationship, one of the first times I stayed over at his. The next morning, he got up to do some cleaning. I was minding my own business on my phone on the sofa, and all of a sudden, I felt the Henry the Hoover sucking on my big toe. Initially, I was a bit taken aback, but thought he was just messing around. He went on to continue to hoover me and I only stopped him when he went for my boob. He said he was just getting all the cat fur. I couldn't help but notice he was rock hard through his shorts. I questioned him if this turned him on. He went bright red, laughed it off and said no and went back to cleaning. A few days later, I was on his laptop and found that he had been watching hoover porn. I didn't even know this existed. He was watching videos of girls using hoovers on their pussies or giving or using them to give men blowjobs. I confronted him about it and he did admit to his kink. I have quite an open mind about things and I asked him after some wine if he wanted to use the hoover on him as I was a bit apprehensive about getting head from Henry. He dully obliged and... It's safe to say that I've never been able to look at a Henry the Hoover in quite the same way after using one to suck off a man. I don't mind because now I don't have to do any of the hoovering at all, which I hate. Once he cleaned the house every week, he gets a little reward, whether it's a quick boob suck on me or a hoover job for him. Unconventional, yes, but I have to say having a hoover do the sucking for me really makes blowjobs a lot easier. Oh my god, I am genuinely quite <laughs> jealous. That is that is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, I, I love that. I mean, I love that she's down for it as well. That's what's really cool. The only thing I yeah. had, I did have a little bit of a, oh, you, you're on his computer searching for his porn history. No, I don't think, I think it was already open. It didn't say looking for history. Well, she of was course, just on she's his not going to admit to that. Well, Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I think there's, like, things that you should keep private. But I do like the fact that she's, like, super open to it. Thank you for being so open and honest about a kink like this. I don't think anyone's ever spoken about Hoover kinks to us before. So I love to normalise one more kink on the show. Yay! I mean, it sounds like a fetish, if anything. Like an actual fetish over and above a kink. But, yeah, so cool. We need more. We need more fetish open and kink friendly people yeah and if you have any of your own fuck off stories please slide into our dms or email us at love at comecurious.co.uk 
Yes, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been so much fun talking about it. If you agree or disagree with anything that we've talked about in messaging back your ex, please don't hesitate to put it on the Facebook group, to tweet us, to drop us an Instagram story, mention us so we can reshare and retag. And please check us out on Instagram at Come Curious, as well as our personal accounts, Read Amber X and Florence Bark. And as we said earlier, please, now more than ever, your word and sharing the podcast means so much. So remember to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And yeah, help us get into more ear holes. We need to grow the Curious Fucker family. Yeah, baby. We love you all so, so much. Speak to you soon. Well, See you yeah. next Thursday. See you next Thursday. Bye. Bye. <laughs> In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.